0: Hello and welcome to the Gift of Love Broadcast, where love is your greatest gift. My name is Lyndon Batiste of Batiste Ministries. Our mission is to teach the world the power of loving God and loving others. We love God by obeying his 10 commandments, and we love others by becoming 1 Corinthians 13. It is my hope that this episode of the Gift of Love Broadcast is a blessing to your life. Well, hello and welcome to the Gift of Love Broadcast. I'm Lyndon Batiste of Batiste Ministries, and I thank you for tuning in to hear God's message of love. It is our hope that we motivate all of you to love God, love others, love yourself, and that's what we're going to do each and every time we come together is dive into the instruction manual for life, the Bible, and become better versions of ourselves. That is what God wants us to be better versions of ourselves. And I don't know about you, but I know I can be way better. And I do that by becoming more like love. Today, I want to talk to you about giving God your best. Giving God your best. One of the things that I like to do is that I love to study successful people. I'm not concerned about what field it's in or what discipline it's in but i've noticed this common trait whomever it is those people who are successful who rise to the top of their craft or their field they gave it their best yes they were equipped with talent yes maybe they had a few connections here and there but ultimately those who rise to the very top they give it their best and I thought about this and I said, well, is this the same for spiritual matters, for our faith in terms of our relationship with God? And as I researched scripture, indeed, I saw that to be the case. And we're going to go through a couple of scriptures that re uh, that emphasizes this point. But I want us to walk away today convinced and wanting to give God our best, because when you give God your best God is going to give you his best. It's just the truth of the matter. Everything in life is seed, time, and harvest. What you sow is what you will reap. What you put into it is what you will get out of it. This is the case with everything. And it is the case with God. And I think this is important because when it comes to our relationship with God, and I am guilty of this, is that we give God 10% And I'm not talking about in terms of tithing or money or anything like that. But we give God 10 or 20 percent of our lives and then we want 100 percent, 200 percent of God's character, nature and likeness to show up in our lives. I mean, think about it. Most of us, we go to church one day a week, usually a Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. And then within that day, we're probably in church, maybe what, one hour, one hour and a half tops, depending, and and I'm talking on average, you know, I I understand there are some people who are in church four and five hours, God bless you, but most people are in church, say an hour, hour and a half. And then with that hour and hour and a half, we might not even really be paying attention to what's going on, or we're probably there for all kinds of reasons, except you know, God or God's words. You know, we go to church for all kinds of reasons, right? Because it's what you're supposed to do. N- you know, no one wants to, you know, feel like they're a bad person. So we go to church just to kind of fulfill our, you know, religious quota for the week or out of tradition. We go because church provides, you know, this community, this this idea of community in our lives, right? We're connected to people and our children can go to Sunday school and learn morals and learn what it means to be a good person, uh, we go to church because we're part of, you know, some type of group or club and that that fulfills some type of, you know, some emptiness in our lives or or we just enjoy doing it. You know, we enjoy singing. So we go to be in the choir. We go to church for all of these reasons. So so check this out. We go for one day a week. We spend maybe an hour, hour and a half when we're there. Then when we're there, we're probably there's a there's a good chance we're we're not even there for God in the first place. We're there for some other reason. So when you really talk about how much we're really investing in our relationship with God and our spiritual uh, spirituality, for many of us, it is very minimal, very minimal. And that's, you know, and that's courteous right there. Um, Think about that. What if we put that amount of time in our marriage? (laughs) You wouldn't have one. What if we put that amount of time into our work? We, you know, the job that we have, we went there for like one day and one hour. You wouldn't have a job very long. Whatever it is you say you're passionate about, let's say you put that much time in a week. Um, you're probably not going to be that good at it. And that's what we do with our spirituality. That's what we do with our relationship with God. For so many of us, we do not give our best, yet we expect to be these spiritual giants. We expect to see wisdom and knowledge and and, and peace and love flowing from our lives, but we haven't invested to, to expect that. So that's what this message is about, giving God our best. You know, Jesus, in my opinion, is the most successful human being to have ever lived yes, I know that he was divine as well, but he was human as well. Jesus is the most successful human being to have ever lived. No one compares. And when you look at his life, what you see is a person who is so committed, a person who was so invested into what his assignment, what he believed the will of God was for his life. I mean, you're talking about on a fanatical extremist level. Yes, let's talk about the story when Jesus is found in the temple and and they said Jesus, you know, was sitting there with all of the rabbis and the chief teachers at 12 years old. And he's just listening and soaking this up. And, and what I see is someone who is not only a protege of, of sorts, but man, he is locked in what his passion is. He is locked in into what his gift is, which was the word of God, the life of God, the essence of God. Jesus is locked in. Later in scriptures, he talks about he only says that which his father says, Well, what he's, what he's heard his father say. He only does that with what he's seen his father do. Oh, man, this is someone that is invested, that's locked in, that is not merely just showing up to church on Sunday, but someone that believes, someone that is full of determination to accomplish the goal and the ends for their life. Yes, Jesus is the son of God, but there is a very practical real life application of that, that we see in Jesus's life, that if we apply, we can get the same results, you know, giving God your best. So I want to read a few scriptures to drive home this point. And our first scripture that we're that we are going to read is going to come from Luke. The book of Luke chapter 18, and we know this story as the story of the rich young ruler. And and I'm going to go a little bit further down into the scripture and just to kind of um Give you a background about this scripture. We know the rich young ruler, he comes to Jesus and he basically says, you know, how can I inherit eternal life? And Jesus goes through the Ten Commandments with him. Then he says, you know, if you really want to follow me and if you really want to see and experience the kingdom of God, then sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Well, the guy hears this and he gets sad, walks away because he's very wealthy. He's like, Jesus, I love you, but not that much. Right. (laughs) So then the disciples hear this and they're all kind of troubled by this and they're like well you know if if you know if it's hard for you know people like him to 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 enter into the kingdom of heaven if it's if it's this difficult you know how can we you know how's this going to work out for us and jesus says to them truly i tell you and we're in verse 29 of luke chapter 18 truly i tell you no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will f- will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life that is powerful and what Jesus is essentially telling them is if you give this into me if you give this into the work of God The work of God is going to produce for you in your life. So there's no one who has left home or wife or brother or sisters who have who have who have said, you know, these things are not as important. I'm going to invest in in this. He says you will receive many times as much in this life and in the age to come eternal life. I know that doesn't do well for the sweet by and by gospel, because Jesus says right here and right now, this will produce for you. If you invest, if you give your best to this. So what he was really was what he was saying was, look, the rich young ruler guy, he didn't understand that, man, if he was really committed, if he was really in- interested in investing in this, this would produce something for him greater than anything that he has right now. And, you know, what, that's our greatest fear, right? In anything, especially when it comes to God and our spirituality is that if we invest, we won't necessarily get a return. That's that's I think that's the root fear. And that's the root fear with anything, even in relationships. So many people are afraid of relationships because they're afraid that if they invest into it, they won't get back what they put into it. And sometimes life is disappointing like that. But that is not the case with God. When we invest or what we invest, what we sow into it, that is what we will get back. And I'm encouraging all of us to give God our best give God our best and watch what happens to our lives another scripture I want to share is in second Chronicles chapter 2 and this is a story of Solomon and I was reading through this and I thought this was interesting Solomon is getting ready to build the temple and we know Solomon to to be the richest person at the time and God does all of this this you know this wonderful stuff in his life but then if you kind of read through the story you see why God was able to use him. In 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 5, after Solomon says that he's going to employ the best, you know, the best professionals to help build this temple, the temple of God. He says in verse 5, the temple I am going to build will be great because our God is greater than all other gods. The temple I am going to build will be great. Because our God is greater than all other gods. Oh man! And then in verse one, I want to read this too. He says, "He conscripted seventy thousand men as carriers and eighty thousand as stone cutters in the hills and thirty-six hundred as foremen over them." And Solomon says, "Send me cedar logs as you did for my father David when you sent him cedar to build a place to live in. Now I am about to build a temple for the name of the Lord my God and to dedicate it to Him for burning fragrant incense before Him." for setting out the consecrated bread regularly and for making burnt, burnt offerings every morning and evening and on the Sabbaths at the new moons and at the appointed festivals of the Lord our God. This is a lasting ordinance for Israel. The temple I am going to build will be great because our God is greater than all other gods. This is why God is able to use Solomon. Look at this dedication. Look at what he's giving, what he's sowing into God. When you see people doing great things, I guarantee you will always see a narrative of people who gave greatly to whatever it is they were involved in. And what I'm and what I am saying right now is that we should apply that to God. Give God our best. Giving God our best. We see the same thing with David in 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. And you can take take your time to read this scripture, but but David is getting ready to build and to build a and an offering, a threshing floor to the Lord God. And in verse twenty-four, he says, No, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen and paid fifty shekels of silver for them. Even David understood that if he wanted to get the attention of God, if he wanted this to really have a, have a harvest in his life and in the nation of Israel. He had to give his best. So let's talk about some areas that we can give God our best. Number one, our time. Our time. Do you give God your best time? Or do you give God your throwaway time? Sunday morning, you don't have to go to work anyway. Children are out of school. Why not go to church? Give God an hour. Start looking at your clock as soon as you get to about 45 minutes. We need this to wrap up soon. The football game is coming on. You're not going to get much out of this if that's what you're putting into it. But this is an opportunity for all of us, myself included, to evaluate how much we're giving to God. Are we giving God our best? And we can definitely Pay attention to the time that we give God. How can you give God better time? Give God the best part of your morning. Wake up and pray. Say, God, I am giving you the best part of my day, which is when I first wake up. I am going to pray and spend time with you. Or you're going to give God time in your car on the way to work. You're going to give God your time at your desk. And maybe you're going to listen to the word of God and pray. But you're giving God time. You're spending time with God. And watch the fruit that your life will produce as a result number two money Ah, eh. I understand we don't necessarily like talking about money and God but money will always be an indicator in most cases where our hearts are in most cases our money and it's not about the money but it's because of what our money represents to us it represents our time our hard work it represents our heart that's why the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. And, you know, when we love, we give. That requires money in many cases. Um, have we given God our best in that regards? You know, we put a dime and, and we're not even talking about and let me be clear. We're not even talking about just putting money in the bucket to church. Let's take that out of the equation. Whatever it is, maybe maybe God is asking you to give to a cause or maybe God is asking you to help a family member. Maybe God is asking whatever, whatever it is representing or, or, or how are you spending the resources that God has given you to carry forth the agenda of God, which is to love, which is to be a blessing until all families of the earth are blessed. We can be better in that regard. Number three, our attitude Do we give God our best attitude or do we go to church feeling like (laughs) our parents just dragged us into church? You know how we were when we were kids. At least I was. But, you know, are we giving God the best part of our our minds, our hearts and our souls, our attitude and saying, God, I am happy and I give you my happiness. I give you my joy. Use me to bless someone else. And lastly, Areas where we can give God our best is in our obedience. When God speaks, do we obey? Many times we we obey just about everything else. When our boss speaks, we give them our our best because they they own our, they have our paycheck. When our loved ones or when our friends ask us and speak to us, we give them our obedience. But do we give God our obedience, our best? When God speaks, are we quick to obey? Are we quick to carry out whatever it is God has placed in our hearts to do? Areas that we can give God our best, our time, our money, our attitude, and our obedience. I encourage you also to study the lives of all those who are great. And no better case study than Jesus Christ himself. But those who do accomplish, who do great things, they give their best. And I hope all of you listening right now will say, I am going to give God my best, my best time, my be- the best of my resources, the best of my attitude. And I, and I hear the Holy Spirit saying another one that I've forgotten. Even our talent. Have you given God the best part of your talent? Saying the gifts that you've given me, I am going to use to build your name, to exalt you, to touch people with. If we do that, if we give God our best, then God will give us his best. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Gift of Love broadcast, where love is your greatest gift. If you would like to hear this episode and future episodes, visit us online at www.batisteministries.org. Again, that's www.batistministries.org. Thank you. And remember to love God and love others. For love is your greatest gift.